0: Hey everybody. How you doing today? Hope you're having a good day. Hope everybody had a good weekend. Safe weekend. It's Pastor Chip. Thank you for tuning in again. Today, I'm going to step on some more toes. As my friend Susan says, I'm going to talk about cult churches. You thought I was going to say, I'm going to talk about pop music, didn't you? No, that was a song. Talk about cult churches. So, our world is changing fast. Seems like it's changing faster today with technology than it did when I was growing up. They say back. Thousands of years ago before electricity, it'd it'd be several hundred years before technology changed, adapted, you know, plows or housing or whatever, things changed, tools were improvised, weapons took hundreds of years to change, but today, things can change literally overnight. And with, with mobile technology, media, uh, people that are on your side with the mass media, you can get things out to people in a flash. And you can use all kinds of things to control people. Television, radio, radio. You can guilt them. It's what a lot of them do. But one thing that's as true as today as it was and this ever has been, especially in Jesus' time and before, that men would use Jesus and the Bible to mislead people. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie The Book of Eli, but that's a really good movie about such a thing. About how Men fight over, over the ability to control people through religion. Not the religion, but to control people with their religion. Oh uh, you know when I when I think of people that control people and use religion to control people as false witnesses False apostles, whatever you want to call them, people like Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson come to mind. Seems like when trouble arrives, they show up with the gasoline and the bellows. And oh, for any any that think me wrong, welcome to prove me another example of something that they've done good. I've just not seen it in my lifetime. They stir the pot. You know they show up on the scene and inciting anger and racism, and that is not the way preachers are supposed to act. Uh, but a lot like that, a lot of like that. You know, um, they showed up and said, you know, it was an accident or because most of it involves death of somebody, it was an accident, it was, you know, let's pray, let's have a prayer vigil, you know, let's let authorities or whoever do their investigation and work this out, then I I would feel differently, that I can't say this ever happened. And there are leaders like this in, in every county, in every state, Say preachers, teachers, whatever. Whatever. Um, but the scripture I'm going to use is 2 Corinthians 11, 3 and 4. Paul says, But I fear that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your minds may be seduced from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Meaning that you really, really want to believe the, the person because you want to be, be a good Christian and you let them lead you into something that is wrong. Your judgment doesn't react, but your gullibleness gets you in trouble. Verse 4, For if a person comes and preaches another Jesus, whom we did not preach, or you receive a different spirit, which you had not received, or a different gospel, which you had not accepted, you put up with it splendidly. So, he's saying that you're easy to believe anything that somebody says just because you're eager to be a zealot for God. the litmus test for one of these leaders is if they can entertain peaceful theological discussion with opposing arguments. Because you see, most cannot. You approach one of these people that are going contrary to the Bible and usually... You notice one thing for certain. They'll start screaming and shouting. Calling you names. And they'll use church members to endorse you. I mean, to slander slander you. I was talking to a friend of mine today. And we were talking about another friend of mine who went to this church, this clearly a cult, and they jumped all over him for having a cookout at his home, and there was a lot of people there from the church, and they were wearing shorts. And they said that when you had so many people there from the church, that it became a church function, and that as such, you should be dressed in church attire. So I guess, you know, 4th of July, we're having a cookout at the house, and kids are outside playing. You're supposed to be out there in suit and ties. But I was talking to my other buddy today, and we were talking about this, and he said, man, of course, I never even thought about it this way. He said, man, he said, does somebody need to remind that preacher about uh, when Jesus fed the 5,000? Now, they were out there, out in the country, on the hillside. And Jesus broke fish and fed 5,000 people. That became a church function. But it doesn't mention anywhere in the Gospels that Jesus said, Hold on. Y'all got to go home. Put on your best Sunday clothes and come back. Because this is going to be a church function. We can't do this if, it's, if you ain't dressed right. You see, the. What it should have been was the good preacher at the church that's fussing should have said how wonderful that brother so and so had this big cookout at his house and had so many people over there and and fed the people was a was a witness to people, you know, sharing the gospel the people who might not have ordinarily come to church. Because I know there had to be some believers there that, that don't come to church. Ain't that right, brother, so-and-so? You know, so many people go out of their way to be controlling and steal the thunder and the show. They forget that Jesus went to the people. And he didn't tell the people to get dressed up. He didn't make the people wear certain clothes. Matter of fact, in that day, most people only had one robe that they wore and one cloak. And that was that was their Sunday best and their Monday best and their Tuesday best. that was all they had. You know, if the preacher is controlling you, controlling your actions, controlling what you do, where you go, how you spend your time, you're probably in a cult. Years ago, my youngest daughter—I mean, I'm sorry—my oldest daughter, she loved Barney. Now, give you an idea when it was, and uh, we were visiting this church. I mean, we had visited the church for a long time. I—I I mean, I was a Sunday away from joining the church, but then Barney comes to town, and uh, my wife was a nurse at the time. And I don't remember what I was doing, but what was going on. But I do remember that the only time that we could get tickets to go see Barney was on Sunday. And um, I told the preacher that Wednesday night, I said, you know, I said, I just want to let you know that we're going to be, we're not going to be here Sunday. That we were going to see Barney. It's the only time that we could get tickets and, you know, it would really be great for my daughter to, Take her and see Barney. and He said, okay. Well, then Sunday, after church, I got phone calls from people. That preacher had preached his sermon about people who put the world before the church. That they would rather go see Barney and go to the race and go do other things on Sunday. And case in point, Chip Ritchie, who's been visiting our church, took his daughter to see Barney because it was more important to go see Barney than to have his daughter in church. Mind you, it doesn't take into account that the other 51, 50, 45, 30 Sundays a year, you have them in church. That one, one excuse was all he needed to throw me under the bus. And try to control people. Well. Like I said. You try and bring up things to these guys. Try and talk to them about religion. Because the Bible tells us to. Prove all things. To study the word. To read the word. To challenge Our leaders. And it tells the leaders they're going to be held accountable. They're going to be held to a higher standard for misleading the children of of God. So that litmus test, if you're going to a cult, might be... If they cannot entertain a peaceful theological discussion with opposing views... If they shut you down, start screaming and quoting scripture at you. And now screaming, I don't mean scream screaming, but you know when a preacher's raising his voice at you, trying to belittle you. If they start doing that. That might be your sign. Like Jeff Foxworthy said, here's your sign. That might be that you're in the wrong place. And that you, or that they, are attempting to indoctrinate you. You see, always try and remember. You know, I'm saying this, but just try and remember. Pick up your Bible. Just open your Bible up and read the Acts, or John, or any of the Gospels. And read about any of the Apostles and even Jesus, especially Jesus. And I want you to find me a place where they went around belittling, controlling, screaming at people who opposed them. I can think of a place where Peter... And Ananias and Sapphira lied to the Holy Spirit about land they sold and the money, but there wasn't anybody controlling anybody. They just lied, and they dropped dead. And I can think about—I think it was Simon who wanted to buy the power that the apostles had to heal people, and Paul. Paul, or or Peter, I can't remember, said, uh, rebuked him because he tried to buy the power of the Holy Spirit, but nowhere in there in the Bible did they go about trying to twist the gospel to mislead the children of God. There might be another clue. You're in a cult. If Remember, if you're the only one crying wolf. You're the only one seeing things differently. And maybe you've been duped by a con man. Maybe God's trying to give you a wake-up call. To get out of there. This is Pastor Chip. I hope y'all stay in the Word. I hope you stay safe, and I hope you pray, pray for each other, pray for the world, pray for our leaders. Just pray, people. Can't do it enough, and it don't cost you a penny. It's Pastor Chip. God bless, and to see you the next time.